3: about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show.
1: And this is the second hour of The Rob Carson Show. At the bottom of the hour, Gabe Kaminsky of The Washington Examiner joins us. He's a uh, great, great uh, young journalist got a bunch of new uh new stories we're gonna try to get to about uh, dealing with washington dc corruption uh george soros's son has had eight wh- biden white house visits a dark money machine there biden administration in hot water for sending congress incomplete records for censorship uh investigation because you know they've been uh, telling you you can't talk in a country that has the first amendment the only country In the world, to have such a document, the greatest piece of uh, legislation in the history of mankind above the Magna Carta, the First Amendment, guaranteed freedom of religion, freedom of association, freedom of expression. And our government, this iteration of the federal government, destroyed it. And uh, that's, that's, uh, this is a really big issue with me, because I lived it, I saw it, I felt it. Years of frustration. And, and honestly, there were people who uh, cross shark-infested waters to come to a country that they can express themselves freely. And we've let them down. And now we're just letting people stream across the border by the millions, including military-age males. I did get a nice note from Jason. Uh, Jason is, uh, uh, I guess, a military veteran. And he said, I pick up my fifth grader every other weekend as part of my child custody agreement. After a few minutes of catching up, he says, Dad, can we listen to the Rob Carson show? <laughs> uh, well, hello, and thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. And, and I hope, you know, uh, a lot of the times, um, I'm, not, I'm not a generational show. I'm a, I'm a Gen Xer. I hope to appeal to all generations with what I do. Not only commentary and common sense, but comedy as well. So I'll take anybody who wants to listen. Old people, young people, I don't even care. I don't even care. Um, By the way, a lot of talk about Michelle Obama. She was on with a podcaster the other day named Shetty. His name is Shetty, S-H-E-T-T-Y. I suggested he call his show the Shettiest Podcast out there. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. And everyone's wondering, oh, you know, Michelle Obama's going to run for office. And I said, well, all Michelle Obama is is an elitist an oligarch she's never done anything in her life i mean she kind of i guess kind of checked in on some charitable stuff maybe read to some kids or something you know when she was when she was a first lady but right now basically she just uh, goes and attends very expensive speeches she gets paid to come and speak i'll share that in a second but you know what has she done she she moves out of uh, out of chicago every weekend dozens of people are shot in chicago thousands of uh, kids under 18 have died in Chicago at the hands of other black kids in Chicago and she and her husband have said nothing. They were supposed to be game changers for the black community in America. They were the you know the first black we could finally move past the racism because America accepted a black president a lot of white people voted for him, and what did they do with that? Not a damn thing. Victor Davis Hanson is a uh, is a genius. I, I, I really enjoy listening to VDH. Uh, here he is talking about why he thinks that Moosh is not going to run.
4: I don't think she's going to be convincing. I don't think she's going to run. I think she's going to titillate or tease or suggest that she might be a public intellectual and comment. But when it comes to actually getting out on the campaign trail, she doesn't have the skills that her husband did. Nope. If you remember in the 2008 campaign, she started... To do that, just like she did in that interview, and she said, you know, she's never been proud of the country until Barack, um, they set the bar, they always raise the bar. She has
1: a massive chip on her shoulders.
4: Bar on me, This is a downright mean com- country, and then all of a sudden she vanished. They didn't let her say anything, yeah. and she became... She's
1: never had to answer a question.
4: ...in the nice, popular Michelle and her memoir, but uh, I don't think she wants to endanger <laughs> that popularity by getting back into politics because there's where she really reveals her sentiments and and basically a contempt for a lot of what america is
1: yeah they uh the left doesn't think much of the electorate they think we're all a bunch of morons and they think that they'll vote for the big shiny object and some will some will you know oh the rock's gonna run i don't care what he has to say he wrestles he's an actor you know really and this is a vdh talking about michelle obama the, the one who's really in touch with the people who literally, she and her husband, have become 100 millionaires. I mean, like, I think they're worth $250 million. They uh, they they built two seaside mansions, uh, one in Martha's Vineyard, one in Hawaii. They tore down the old Magnum P.I. mansion to build his new mansion right there on the seashore, even though he believes that the oceans are going to rise because of melting polar ice caps, all right? Uh, here is uh, VDH talking about uh, Michelle Obama and her grift.
4: And it was very funny about her, because I, I only bring this up because in that interview, I think you remember, she was making fun of capitalism. She said it's supposed to trickle down, but it doesn't even trickle down now. And I'm thinking, no. you went, you just made $12,500 a minute. <laughs> and you know what, Michelle? You were asked to speak on DEI, but you didn't speak on E. You only spoke on D and I. What? The title of your speech was Diversity and Inclusion. But oh. why didn't you put equity in there? Because it's pretty an Unequal uh, for you to get twelve thousand five hundred, which is more than most people in the world make an entire year. You made in a minute. Yeah. So they have this bad habit, the Obamas, that every time there's a social justice question, they <laughs> appear. Yes. Sometimes they appear from Calorama, sometimes from Martha's Vineyard, yes. sometimes from the new Hawaii mansion, yes. sometimes from their old <laughs> Chicago digs. Yeah. But they come out and they lecture the country on its illiberal tendency. and you And it doesn't work anymore. People think, you know what? You guys cashed in. You're among the upper, upper, upper 1%. Yeah. You've got four homes. You've got this huge estate. You're right on, you know, global warming is going to flood the beaches of America, but you're right on Martha's Vineyard Coast, and now
1: you're at Hawaii Beach. You're hypocrites. Yeah, they don't give a crap about you. What have they said about Maui? They live in Hawaii. What have they said about the Maui fires? What have they done to help out Not a damn thing? They don't care. They are let-them-eat-cake liberals. I've said that for a very long time, very long time. So uh, records reveal that Fonnie Willis visited the White House just days after Georgia Grand Jury recommended indictments in the uh, Trump-RICO case. Did you know that? Yeah. she, uh, Her alleged lover, I love that word, lover, Nathan Wade, met with the uh, Biden White House counsel multiple times in 2022 before the Trump indictment on bogus charges. I call them bogus. Uh, Willis hired Wade as a special prosecutor. Oh, yeah. Bow-chicka-bow. In 2021 and financially benefited from their relationship, according to the AG uh, JGC, the Atlanta Journal. I know you want me to say constipation, but I'm not. But I just did. But it turns out Willis herself flew up to D.C. and met with the White House counsel February 28th of last year. The records show that one of the individuals she apparently met with was Kamala Harris. Well, it sounds like maybe that, uh, that indictment's being directed from the White House. Well, no bleep, Sherlock. As uh, conservative activist Benny Johnson notes, This was just days after the Georgia grand jury. In August, Willis would follow through with the grand jury's recommendation. Yeah, an astounding 41 charges in total. This is uh, Trump lawyer, uh, John uh, Sauer, uh, Dean John Sauer, outside of the hearing yesterday to decide whether or not Trump has presidential immunity.
5: The issues that the court had to deal with today were momentous whether or not a President of the United States could be prosecuted for carrying out his responsibilities, doing his job as President. We can't have a country where every four years there's a cycle of political recrimination where one administration attacks a prior administration when in fact that candidate is leading in the polls and will be the next President of the United States. As our legal team, as our appellate team made clear, that would be a disaster for our country. That would be a direct attack on democracy, and that cannot happen.
1: Yeah, uh, of course. This is uh, Jesse Waters uh, kind of summarizing, I think, in in a pretty eloquent way.
3: You cannot hire someone you're having sex with, give them a promotion, hand them public money, and then use the public money on steamy trips together and then hide it from everybody. <laughs> yeah. But it's a lot worse than a sexual kickback. scheme. Oh, yeah. Documents show Fanny's lover boy met with the Biden White House while he was investigating Trump twice. Fanny's lover boy. Files for divorce. The next day, Fannie taps him to be Trump's special prosecutor. Then Fannie's lover boy has an eight-hour... She tapped him to be the counsel, and he tapped her in response. ...conference with Joe Biden's White House counsel. Then a few (laughs) months later, the lover boy has an eight-hour interview with the White House. And lover boy billed the taxpayer two grand for each meeting, which would mean local prosecutors prosecuting Donald Trump... Are officially working with the biden white house
1: yeah it's uh it's obvious right you know how i know that because i'm not stupid yeah donald trump came out of the uh, hearing yesterday had a few things to say about it i think it's uh pretty remarkable actually because i think the wheels are coming off of this uh this latest attempt to get donald trump off the ballot oh oh and by the way uh another state dropped there uh, another court in another state dropped A case to get Donald Trump off the ballot. I believe it's Nevada. I'll have to get to it in a few minutes. Hear Donald Trump about Fannie.
5: They pay a lawyer with absolutely no experience, $700,000, who happens to be her lover or her boyfriend. And uh, then they go on trips and vacations together, very expensive vacations together. And the reason they paid him so much, because he was after me, because this way they can afford to pay him a lot more. It probably passes a certain test. (laughs) And that's a very sad thing that happened in Georgia. And I would imagine that case is going to be dropped. Um, Every legal analyst that I've spoken to, every legal analyst that I've read have said that case is so compromised now it has to be dropped. Uh, Very good people were very badly
1: hurt by that case. I love the fact this has come out. It's so beautiful. Part of it's come out because uh, uh, her lover, uh, he's going through a divorce because his wife said, uh, GTFO, get out of here. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis been uh, subpoenaed to testify in the divorce case of a colleague, colleague, who she is accused of having an affair with as they prosecuted former president Donald Trump. I love, I just, this is so delicious. It's so delicious. Stop it. Paid 600 K as a special prosecutor assisting in her office's sprawling probe of of Trump I sorry uh, of Trump's alleged effort to overturn the Georgia election the bombshell allegations made in a filing by one of former president uh, the co uh, co co-defendants and a previous campaign official Michael Roman one of the many people <coughs> who were caught in the ridiculous uh, uh, litany of charges by this uh, this uh, Castro-esque prosecutor who wanted to bring them all in at the same time, like 18, 19 people into the courtroom at the same time. I guess keep them in a cage at the back of the courtroom like they do in third world country. Here's a little bit more from Donald Trump on, on Fannie Willis.
5: Yesterday, as you saw in Georgia, where try trying to get him. The district attorney is totally compromised. The case has to be dropped. Uh, they went after She really left herself open. I guess 18 or 20 people they wanted to go after a lot of other people they wanted to go after senators yeah, she was out yeah, of her mind now yeah. it turns out that that case is totally compromised in fact they say she's in far more criminal liability than any of the people she's looking at
1: oh i hope she goes to jail i really really do uh one more one more from uh, from donald trump with regard to presidential immunity
5: it's very unfair when a opponent a political opponent is prosecuted by the doj by biden's doj uh so they're losing in every ball they're losing in almost every demographic uh numbers came out today that are uh really very mind-boggling if you happen to be joe biden and i think they feel this is the way they're going to try and win and that's not the way it goes that'll be bedlam in the country it's a very bad thing it's a very bad Precedent, as we said, it's the opening of a Pandora's box, and it's a
1: very, Pandora's box. It's a very
5: sad thing what? that's happened with this whole situation. And
1: yeah, the American people are, uh, are awake to it. Uh, i got a little bit more on this. We're going to move into uh, Lloyd Austin. Uh, <laughs> incapacitated in, uh, in uh, the ICU. Uh, his deputy secretary of defense had no clue, and Joe Biden just found out yesterday. He he may have found out a week ago but he probably forgot. That's coming up, Dave. You hold on. You'll be up. This is the Rob Carson show. Oh, there is nothing like a little Led Zeppelin the rob carson show by by the way uh, hunter biden he uh, showed up at the hearing on uh, contempt charges in congress just showed up just to sit there make a show he, he was all brave and everything when he wasn't confronted by anybody but marjorie taylor green was uh, was given the uh, microphone and he got up and he walked away i would say like a little girl but it'd be an insult to little girls because little girls are not cowards like this jerk
5: gentlemen times expired chair recognized miss green from georgia
1: for five minutes. he gets up and leaves
6: Thank you Mr. Chairman. Uh, excuse going? me, Hunter, oh, apparently whoa. you're afraid of you my going? words. Woo!
1: Whoa. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love it.
6: Oh. i like to reclaim my time, Mr. Chairman.
1: Well, little Hunty couldn't handle the heat. Here is uh, this is Nancy Mace. I love this.
6: Enemy of white privilege coming into the oversight committee spitting at-
1: and he gets up and walks. Yeah, he, he says he doesn't have the ball. She, she literally said that today. It is uh, it is just fantastic. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know what? I think we need to talk a little bit more about Fanny Willis. This is from Jim Gossett. Fanny.
0: Willis got a boyfriend a new gig. Or Fanny. And it seems that they have cash in big. Ooh. Improperly hired a Mistake funny with us is made. This bribery story is about to explode, and a case against Trump, it is gonna implode. No, 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 funny, no, 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 funny, no, 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 funny, no, 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 funny, no, no. you gotta go. Funny be bad. Boyfriend Nathan Wade isn't qualified to try this kind of case, and that's why Bonnie lied. Didn't get approval like she knew she should. Bent the rules because she knew she could. Her Trump prosecution, it is gonna fail. Cause she's the one who belongs in jail. Go, go! Go, Bonnie, go!
1: I did have a chance to read this article fully. Uh, Parker Thayer did a piece for the Capitol Research Center. Living Room Pundits Updated Guide to Soros District Attorneys. Now, it's kind of interesting because a lot of these uh, district attorneys, and I'll explain why I say this, a lot of these district attorneys are black women. Now, I don't like making this about race, but I'll, I'll explain why. Uh, if you look at, uh, let's see, places like uh, Kim Fox, Cook County, Illinois, uh, $2 million in uh, Soros cash. We got Kim Gardner in St. Louis, one of the most famous and polarizing Soros-backed DAs. It went after the McCluskeys. Remember, they tried to protect their house from BLM and all that. And, and I figured out this this morning. A lot of the times, uh, uh, DEI, DT, DEI exists for this, to put people in positions of authority that are untouchable. Uh, today, there are people literally, I think believe it's the, uh, the New York Times, who's saying that uh, Fonnie Willis is a victim of racism. So you put people in positions of authority who are radical Marxist doctrinaires, and if you try to criticize them, you're branded a racist. Do you understand? That that should be very obvious to you. It became very obvious to me last night. Here is uh, Victor Davis Hanson talking about uh, Fani Willis and the other the other uh, uh, Soros prosecutors.
4: This isn't the first time we've seen one of these Soros-supported uh, prosecutors come on into conflict with the law we had uh, kim fox in chicago yep. remember with juicy smollett and that they, <laughs> she had to be overridden we yeah. had the baltimore Prosecutor, I think she the was
1: one overridden, one so was Fonnie.
4: One in St. Louis, out here in California, we've had Marilyn Mosby in, ba-
1: and, in, ba- yeah. in uh, Baltimore. Marilyn Mosby.
4: Yes, Baltimore. Yeah, there's
1: a lot of that. And then here is uh, he- he's talking to uh, Megan Kelly, by the way. He says that Fonnie Willis's case uh, could cause this entire house of cards to collapse.
4: All of the legal eagles that looked at these four cases, these four indictments, maybe putting Jack Smith's aside because it was a federal indictment, had all come to the consensus that. Fannie Willis had the most likely chance of succeeding, that Latita James on the real estate thing was sort of bogus, and Alvin Bragg was even less serious. But Fannie Willis, because of the phone call and the Georgia, the, the tension of the major parties and an election, they all felt that that was at least the consensus. If that folds, I think it'll have a ripple effect that will remind the public, and I think the legal community, that all of them were politically motivated and this was the best chance that the people who were engaging in lawfare had to get Donald Trump.
1: There you go. It's true. How about just let people vote instead of becoming a third world dictatorship? How about that? Gabe Kaminsky, Washington Examiner, joins us on the other side of this break. And this, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Got to tell you something, man. I think we're entering a uh, a golden era for investigative journalism because there's never been so much uh, corruption and malfeasance. Well, I shouldn't say that. There always has been. It's just uh, we're we're uncovering more. And and one man who's doing a great job of it is Gabe Kaminsky, an investigative reporter for the Washington Examiner, and he joins us on the Newsmax Hotline. How you doing today, bud? Hey, Rob. How's it going? Long time no talk. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, would you would you concur that? Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's 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 uh, I think a very interesting time to be an investigative journalist. What do you think?
7: Uh, yeah, you could argue that. There's a lot going on.
1: There isn't a lot going on. He's a man of few words. Get to the stories, Carson. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk one of the biggest stories, uh, other than the southern border, uh, as far as I'm concerned, is the uh, the United States government, the DOJ, the DHS. Uh, censoring Americans. And, and we've never seen anything like this. Uh, it would make, uh, Stalin is looking up from hell, going, hey, wow, that's awesome, and you've got the First Amendment. you got a story out, uh, the Biden administration is in hot seat, They a uh, hot, uh, hot seat for sending Congress incomplete records on the uh, censorship investigation. Kind of fill us in to what's going on there. I'm familiar with the Stanford Virality Project and all of these NGOs and whatnot. Uh, tell us what exactly is going on there.
7: Yeah, so the Washington Examiner, we reported um, last year that, and I had joined this program to discuss it, how the State Department's Global Engagement Center had granted $100,000 to a group called the Global Disinformation Index, which has been taking steps to blacklist or, according to Republicans, censor uh, conservative media outlets. Now, as part of um, congressional investigation into that and other similar uh, uh, seemingly censorious sort of related grants the uh, House Small Business Committee is one of the panels that has been investigating the State Department over that grant and others that they say are basically examples of uh, private companies or in some cases nonprofit organizations receiving tax-exempt status censoring conservative media outlets places like Newsmax Washington Examiner Daily Wire etc and so that the the committee we had reported uh, last year in the summer have been sending letters requesting information from um, uh, the State Department with regard to their grant records. Now they obtained a portion of those grant records, um, uh, but in, in their mind, uh, they sent a follow-up to the State Department uh, this week because the State Department and we obtained those grant records essentially sent incomplete uh, documents that don't encompass their full financial scope. And the committee, you know, is is growing increasingly frustrated, according to. Uh, some people close to that committee, they are uh, kind of nearing subpoena territory. And I think this this is a pretty good window into uh, the escalating congressional tension between uh, lawmakers and the federal government over what they decry as uh, essentially state-sponsored censorship.
1: Gabe, let me ask you this: As this was happening in real time, the last three years, as the uh, for disinfo- the word disinformation uh, entered the popular vernacular, and and I, through my own research, and it didn't take much, realized that that was originally used by Joseph Stalin in 1923. Um, it, but but it, as it was happening in real time, did you experience it? Did you did you uh, feel any pressure, whether it be a direct or indirect? with regard to your work and your expression as an investigative journalist?
7: Well, as we've reported and we've covered, um, the Global Disinformation Index, let's let's take them as a primary example, they, in their reports on media outlets, including the Examiner, uh, flag our content and others uh, um, as allegedly disinformation, but those those sentiments are actually just opinions they disagree with, or, or even in some cases, facts. I mean, for example, GDI published reports on its website that equated, uh, uh, you know, sort of op eds related to the transgender issue in the Examiner as disinformation solely because the British organization disagreed with the framing. Now, what we saw is uh, following their publicizing of, uh, uh, you know, flagging things like disinformation. GDI then operates something called a dynamic exclusion list, a secret kind of blacklist of uh, websites they disagree with that they then move to covertly feed to advertisers in order to pressure them to censor, uh, essentially remove advertising dollars from websites that they disagree with. And uh, essentially corporations subscribe to this dynamic exclusion list, and, and it can play a major role in influencing the advertising and media space. Uh, we, we reported that Oracle, after our reporting, the you know massive corporation had stopped subscribing to GDI's list, influencing where they place advertisements and media uh, over free speech concerns. We also reported that Microsoft had previously launched an investigation, and after our reporting, they actually also stopped political advertising altogether. But those are just two of the companies that are involved in this space, and it's a very broad space um, that has led to you know, the deplatforming or, or defunding of, of outlets.
1: Well, this is the first time that the government has been involved in outsourcing uh, restriction of freedom of speech. And, and I, uh, Gabe, I've been uh, on the radio for, well, since about 1990 professionally. And and I like to call it a conservative apartheid. I've seen this from the very beginning. I, I've seen, as uh, conservative advertisers, are, I've always been attacked, whether it be by Media Matters or other institutions. I mean, there's a reason why, for some reason, that uh, General Motors will run ads on uh, CNN, but they won't touch Fox News. There's a reason why. Uh, Procter and Gamble won't touch, you know, my show, but can advertise on, uh, you know, late night TV on Stephen Colbert. That's been going on forever, but this appears to be the first time that the federal government has outsourced it since they can't directly do it. And that's where I believe the the rub comes. This is how they've been able to circumnavigate that to create this and and to go after the advertisers. And, and, Gabe, I don't know if you knew this. I mean, I literally heard from people in the last three years, they, they would talk about what they avoid putting on YouTube because they know it's going to be banned. That happened time and time again. I heard it from people at networks. They said, oh, we can't cover that because YouTube will take us down. Do you believe that the federal government was involved in that? Because I'll just say, oh, hell yes, I do. But go ahead.
7: Well look beside what what we've reported and we've covered other elements of this uh, documents that Elon Musk provided the journalists of Twitter's operations under then CEO Jack Dorsey also known as the Twitter files they they overtly demonstrate uh, and I also note documents obtained by attorneys General uh, uh, Eric Schmidt then Attorneys General Eric Schmidt and, and uh, Landry in uh, Louisiana demonstrate that the federal government was in constant communication with private entities such as YouTube and Facebook and Twitter now X uh, uh, in 2020 around the time that there were you know COVID right COVID coronavirus 2020 election uh, issues of like masking pertaining to COVID that they were in direct contact as these companies were urging the White House and executive office of the presidency. And agencies to take action against content. and we saw you know in some cases after these social media platforms were urging the federal government to remove certain content they determined to be disinformation or misinformation or 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 uh, malinformation, that the federal government would then uh, remove that content. So that obviously poses puts issues and it's at the center, the heart of uh, Missouri Biden, also known as Murphy Ver Biden a major case that will be heard before the Supreme Court that um, was stayed and recently limited the Biden administration's contact with social media companies. So, so that court case is something everyone should be kind of have on their radar because it will play a major role as we uh, get near barrel toward an election as far as dictating uh, whether the federal government is going to be able to engage in these sort of activities in the future.
1: Gabe Kaminsky he is an investigative reporter for the uh, Washington Examiner. You also have another piece. Uh, the son of George Soros scored eight White House visits in 2023. Uh, you're calling it, or at least the high headline says, Dark Money Machine. Tell us exactly what, uh, what you've discovered about that.
7: Sure thing. Um, the, uh, yeah, no, so we found uh, uh, George Soros' his son, Alex Soros, recently took over his uh, philanthropy network. Uh, the Open Society Foundations, one of the most influential and massive left-leaning grant-making networks uh, in the United States—or rather, around the world—but uh, yeah, Soros's son uh, Alex uh, uh, certainly had cushy access to the White House last year. We reported that you know uh, those those frequent visits, uh, including to actually Kamala Harris's house. Uh, uh, um, last uh, last year, but all that to say, um, what this shows is nothing of illegality, at least that we're aware of, but rather um, of the sort of uh, close coordination between wealthy liberal philanthropists uh, uh, in the dark money world uh, and the federal government, and the, and the, and, the, and, the, and that case is the Biden administration. And the point of this is that uh, Democrats often assail Republicans. For, um, for their ties to what they call special interests. Well, here's a pretty overt example of that on the other side.
1: I'd say that's pretty special. I, I would. And One other piece that I, I saw of yours this morning, uh, universities face tax-exempt status investigation over allowing harassment of Jewish students. So this sounds like uh, the, uh, the punishment of these universities for allowing anti-Semitism to rise is not over. What do you know about it?
7: We reported today that the House Ways and Means Committee, (laughs) excuse me, a panel that oversees the IRS and uh, tax exempt groups, is investigating Harvard, MIT, Cornell, and University of Pennsylvania over their own tax exempt status due to, according to uh, that congressional committee, GOP-led congressional committee, according to them, the university is failing to uh, thwart harassment against Jewish students on campus, and so. Uh, this is really the latest ex- escalation of attempts by lawmakers to target schools, particularly um, particularly after on the heels of Claudine Gay, then Harvard's president, uh, resigning amid mass scrutiny of plagiarism allegations, and obviously after the October 7th terrorist attacks against Israel, um, uh, in which there have been mass demonstrations on college campuses in support of Palestinians, and in some cases justifying uh, uh, terrorism.
1: Gabe Kaminski, I want to thank you for joining me today, and I also want to thank you for completely ignoring uh, my questions involving your opinion, because you are a journalist, and you are great at it. Uh, you know, and because whenever I try to get well, what do you think? You're like, no, nope, no, nope. no, going to stick to the script, going to tell you the story, and and I think that makes you uh, that puts you right up there with some of the people that I really respect, like John Solomon, uh, and uh, I, I really appreciate you joining me today, Gabe. Before we say goodbye, um, at least for today, and we want to have you on more regularly because I really enjoy your work. Uh, where can people find you on social media and follow your work for the Washington Examiner?
7: Yeah, you can. If you go to washingtonexaminer.com, you can read all of our stories and. In addition, uh, I typically tweet out articles at G.E. Kaminsky, G-E-K-A-M-I-N-S-K-Y. Um, yep. All
1: right. Did you see any of the Golden Globe nominee movies this year? Uh, I'm trying to think. I, uh, I'm not sure. i not sure. Did, 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 did you see, see Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer? Did you yeah, see we... Oppenheimer? What would you think of that? It was pretty good, it was, wasn't it? It was a
7: good flick. It was a good flick.
1: <laughs> all right, Gabe. <laughs> have, a, have a glorious <laughs> rest of your weekend. Uh, we'll <laughs> talk again soon, all right? All right, thanks. All right. You know, I love it. I love it. Uh, Gabe Kaminsky, I don't know what his politics are. He doesn't say, I'm a conservative. But did you listen to him? You know, James Rosen does the same thing. When I get James Rosen on. I always like to tease James Rosen because I feel like I'm the uh, bad, badly behaving uh, uh American tourist taunting the uh the palace guard at Buckingham Palace because he just sticks to this to his story. He's like, I'm not gonna do all it and, and and he's a journalist. He does he's he's not in he's a journalist in the classic sense. His need to tell the truth is what guides him he realizes the importance of journalism unlike so many people in journalism who nearly who who, who merely rip and read democrat party talking points so uh, i'm really glad to have him on are going to take a break here because i've got much more to get to including lloyd austin uh, not telling anybody he was incapacitated as the secretary of defense including the president and his undersecretary that's on the other side of this and this is the rob carson show i think Hunter biden did a major face plan he made a big old mistake today he showed up at this uh, hearing in congress about him uh, uh, being held in contempt for not showing up for uh, failing to report for a, a subpoena. He shows up there, and uh, and Nancy Mace immediately launches into him. And then Aunt Marjorie Taylor Greene is given the mic, and he gets up like a little baby boy, and he walks away like the coward that he is. Uh, Representative Russell Fry on uh, on Fox just a minute ago to say what happened.
2: Well, you know, he he showed up. I think there was kind of a rumor that, you know, Secret Service was in the room, and then all of a sudden Hunter is there at the start of this hearing. And it just kind of confirmed, I think, my my biggest uh, uh, fear, if you will, is that he's thumbing his nose at the system that we have. Uh, He has lawfully issued a subpoena. He goes to the Senate, issues a, a... a statement in skips town in the suburban and he does the same thing today. This is the arrogance that we see from the Biden family in particular today, Hunter Biden.
1: Absolutely 100%, you know why? Because he's a spoiled little child. And Jim Gossett did this about hunting.
0: He won't grow up, he won't grow up. Hunter's 53 years old, Hunter's 53 years old. He refused to testify, he refused, refused to, to testify. testify. And do as he was told, and do, do as he, he was told. If growing up meant to hunt, tea. He should take responsibility, or he'll never grow up, never, never grow, grow up. Hunter hey. Biden's a child, <laughs> he won't show up, he won't show up. When it's time to testify, when, when it's time, time to testify, testify, he would have no choice, he, he would have no choice. But to get up there and lie, get up there, there and lie, if showing up meant to hunt deep. That he would get a charge of perjury. He'll never show up, never show up. So put him in jail. Hey. No
1: bail. In jail. There you go. I like sing along songs. Let's go to Barbara in Baltimore. Hello, Barbara. What's going on? I just came off the gym
8: floor. I said, let me come and talk to you before I get on the treadmill. You are cutting up today, knocking it out of the park. It's so funny, Rob. I, I went to, uh, I listened to Nancy Mace when Nancy Mace uh, told her we had no ball. Game. That's not <laughs> the I couldn't believe these ladies. And then Marjorie Taylor Greene picked right up on it. I said, you know what, this is too much. But I am going to, I'm just waiting for you to start really getting on Fannie Mae. Oh, and her name is Fannie. You're very yes. nice. You've taken yes. on the bourgeois name of Thorne's. <laughs> That she is adopted. That she you know made. what I said? Now Barbara, Fanny. you heard Fannie Mae, like Ellen Mae, Willa Mae, Johnny Mae, she is Fannie Mae, trust me.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I mentioned earlier that it's kind of funny that Hunter Biden used to pay for Fanny and Fannie Fanny is paying for something else. <laughs> <laughs> oh my
8: goodness, well, great show. All week, you've been on fire this week, and I've been well, really you know. here, But I just, I just, I'm in the gym, so I thought, let me get in here. I wanted to talk to you before I get on the treadmill because I don't want to miss a step and end up on my butt on the floor in here. Because
1: all right, it, well, it, well, I'm it, going, I'm going, going to Planet stuff. Fitness. I'm going to Planet Fitness later on because I'm going Next time we see each other, we are gonna be friggin', we're gonna be like Sports <laughs> Illustrated swimsuit miles. It's gonna I be crazy.
8: Planet Fitness. That's where I'm at right now. All right, have girl. A great rest of your day, alright? Talk to you. All right.
1: God bless you. God bless you. That's Barbara. She's fantastic. On the treadmill. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Uh, let me see what I got here. What do I have time before the top of the hour to, to talk about here? Uh, um, oh, you know what? I want to mention this real quick. Monty and Trump's mother passed away. Uh, she was 78 years old. Uh, too young to die. Uh, and I wanted to mention that, because the Trump family was so kind when my mother passed. Uh, I went home for my mother's funeral, and I, out of nowhere, come home, and in my email is Donald Trump, an email from his office, saying that the Trump family is praying for your mother. Rob, Bonnie raised a great son. She must have been a fantastic person. So uh, uh, my response is, is, you know tiny compared to what he did for me and my family. But I just want to uh, offer prayers and condolence because this is the hardest dang time in the world. And my mother-in-law, my my wife's mother's passing has just been overwhelming Uh, and you've helped us. So please pray for the Trump family. Let's take a break and come back. This is the Rob Carson Show.
3: Shipping can make or break a sale. So optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D.
1: Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At
3: Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Wide web, this is the Rob Carson Show.
1: Yes, it is. And the show is growing by leaps and bounds, by the way. Why? Well, because uh, I think uh, it's informative, uh, it's funny, you know, and hopefully motivational. I think we should be uh, excited about living in America. For so many years, we've been told to be ashamed of it. For too many people, too many years, we've been focused on the, the one person who's kneeling and not the 65,000 who are standing for the national anthem. And we literally, uh, my generation, Generation X, we were still raised as patriots. We watched Schoolhouse Rock. I learned the uh, preamble to the Constitution because of the Schoolhouse Rock. We, the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, and secure d- domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense. I mean, that can go on and on and on. You know, great American, melting pot, I can go on. And, and, you know, there was nothing wrong with it. And all of those uh, those little cartoons we watched had black kids and, and Hispanic kids and had uh, uh, Asian kids in there, and we we had put that race thing behind us. We had, you know. And now, uh, suddenly, uh, out of nowhere, uh, you know, it's pre-1960 uh, across America, and that's, uh, that's bogus, it's bull crap. So people are coming together, and and, they're, and and never be ashamed to express your patriotism and your pride. And, uh, and there's a great awakening happening in this country. And the left is going to do everything they can to tear it down and take you down and all of that. And you know what? We just got to keep fighting them. We got to continue to deride and make fun of them. And we've got to say no to all of their nonsense, because all of that nonsense is, uh, is coming to an end. I really, really believe that. They're going to they're gonna do some crazy crap in the meantime, guys. There, you you know as well as I do. You saw the summer of 2020. They're trying it. They're trying to make summer 2020 happen again with all these idiotic uh, uh, protests. You know, interrupting everybody because uh, of uh, they want the uh, Israel to stop beating the snot out of the people that raped and murdered and tortured uh, and burned people on October the seventh. But you know what? The American people are saying. How about shut up? How about we're not going to let this happen again? People getting them out of the roadways. And and honestly, you're not in a position to demand a damn thing. Not at all. Not one little bit. Oh, here's something kind of interesting. Another Biden scandal. Now, about a year and a half, two years ago, I, I brought up a, a a Chinese form of bribery. And it's called, and I, I don't speak Chinese, but it's spelled Y-A-H-U-I in English. So I'm assuming Yahoo! could be like, I, I have no idea. And it's, it's called the elegant bribe. And what they do is if the government wants to pay somebody off they give them a piece of art and the, the, and and the person could sell the art to someone affiliated with the government the government will give them an extraordinary amount of money and then take a piece of art and throw it in the garbage because it's a way of giving the person that they want to uh, do favors for them or vice versa uh, money and we didn't know that Hunter Biden was a big artist did you know you know we didn't know that. Well, apparently, another Biden pay to play scheme uh, revealed over the summer. Major Democrat donor and Biden appointed commissioner was revealed as a buyer of Hunter Biden's art. Art. In July, Business Insider reported that Hunter Biden learned the the, uh, identity of at least two of his buyers. One of the buyers got a favor from the White House. One buyer identified as Los Angeles real estate investor and major Democrat daughter Elizabeth Hirsch Naftali was appointed to a prestigious commission by Biden eight months after Hunter Biden's art debuted at the Soho Gallery. Joe Biden appointed Naftali to the commission for the preservation of America's heritage abroad. Additionally, Naphtali has visited the White House more than a dozen times, has met with senior advisors. According to The Messenger, Hunter Biden's lawyer, Kevin Morris, who already paid off Hunter's delinquent taxes, bought 11 works of Hunter's art for $875,000. Must be some pretty good art. New York art dealer who sells Hunter Biden's work told House impeachment investigators on Tuesday that a cadre of Democrat donors have spent more than other buyers on the younger Biden's pieces, according to multiple sources. George Berger, who owns a uh, a New York art gallery that sold Hunter Biden's art, told House impeachment investigators that Hunter Biden knew the identities of individuals who purchased around 70 (coughs) percent Of the value of his art, a source familiar with the interview on Tuesday said, James Comer revealed Hunter Biden received two bank wires from China and Joe Biden, Delaware. Uh, The home was listed as a beneficiary for both wire transfers. That's it. That's more about just sending money. That's a a $250,000 loan that came from China and a few other things. But yeah, it's called Yahoo. It's called an elegant bribe. It's an elegant bribe. That's how they do it. That's why Hunter Biden is an artist all of a sudden. In case you wanted to know. Nobody buys his art because they think it's of value. Nobody buys it as an investment. Nobody ever ever thinks, it, maybe it'll be worth something like, I guess, people still want to buy John Wayne Gacy and Hitler's stuff, you know, whatever. <laughs> You're equating him to Hitler. No, I'm just using him as an example of somebody who did some art, I guess, on the on uh, on the on the side. Hey, this guy is one of the few January the 6th protesters who got off scot-free. Get back tomorrow. I don't even like to say it because I'll be arrested.
4: Well, let's not say it. We need, we need to go. Say I'll say it. All right. We need to go
1: in to the Capitol. You know, I don't. I don't think I heard. Uh Anybody else say that? I don't even think Enrique Atario who wasn't even in Washington D.C., was sentenced to 22 years in jail, said that. Let's go! Oh, oh, I'm going out there. I'm probably gonna go to jail for okay? tomorrow. This was on the fifth of, uh, of January. We need to go into the Capitol. Into the Capitol. Yeah, did you hear the protest said, we're not going into the Capitol, that's ridiculous.
0: Peacefully. Oh. Fed, 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 Fed. Yeah, they,
1: they even pointed out he was a Fed there. Fed,
0: Fed, 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 hey, yeah. Peacefully. Yeah, and,
1: and on uh, on the uh, January the 6th, he did the same thing. He even whispered in the guy's ear, and the guy took down the barricade and the whole deal, and guess what, he got one-year probation and a $500 fine. Kind of interesting, ain't it? It's uh, it's kind of interesting. It's uh, it's kind of interesting, and it's kind of ridiculous. Okay, I don't know why my computer just did that. But as as why it's continuing to do that. Let's go ahead and kill that again. Here. All, right. All right, I got you, I got you. I think maybe the Fed is, uh, is playing with me is what it is. I have no idea, to be quite honest. But anyway, yeah, uh, it's kind of funny how that happens, isn't it? You have people in jail who have been in, in, the, uh, in the jail in Washington, D.C., on charges. No trial date for over 1,000 days. We have a, uh, a Bastille. We have a uh, bourgeois, and we have a proletariat, and this will not end well for those who are in power. I'm just going to tell you, it never does. It never, ever, ever, ever does. Oh, um, here we go. I got a, got a couple things I want to get here. Oh, 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 this is kind of funny. So y- you kind of wonder why uh, all of these uh, people who you know cause banks to collapse and you know get get uh, graft and and uh, and are are corrupt never. Sever the consequences. Remember the bank collapse in two thousand eight. Nobody went to jail over that. My wife and I ended up losing our house over it. Um, but uh, <laughs> nobody's held accountable for it. And uh, uh, Seamus Bruner is a uh, a journalist, and uh, and he says uh, the reason why these big fish elites don't uh, don't uh, sever the consequences is because they're too big to jail. Meaning that the federal government has decided that uh, it would cause too much uh, uh, turmoil to to try these people. It would cause systems to collapse. Here's uh, Seamus Bruiner talking about that.
2: Department of Justice. It was Eric Holder, the Deputy Attorney General at the time, came. At, he basically set it up so that all of the big fish will never fry, uh, whether it's this or other huge scandals. If you wonder why. The big fish never seem to get caught. They never seem to fry. It's because Eric Holder, when he was in the uh, President Clinton administration, he drafted this memo that reigns supreme at DOJ to this day. It's called the Collateral Consequences Memo. And this memo, I mean, it cannot be overstated how bad this thing is. What it basically said, and it's the policy at the Justice Department, is if the collateral consequences, if if the consequences of prosecuting someone Uh, have big ripple effects and it can take down the system. I mean, you were talking about it earlier. The whole system, this could bring down the whole system.
1: And maybe the whole system needs to come down. And so
2: the collateral consequences memo that Eric Holder drafted uh, says that if the, the consequences could bring down the system, it's best not to prosecute. And so you can bet that that memo is actually what prevents the DOJ in a lot of ways saying, well, it's actually best that we sweep this under the rug We'll give immunity agreements. You see this, uh, like when Hillary Clinton's emails come out and uh, all of her staff have to testify against her, they give them immunity agreements and everybody gets hit with an immunity agreement. And so the DOJ and the FBI, they find out what's going on. They gain the control and the leverage over people, but then they never prosecute.
1: It is uh, remarkable, isn't it? The FBI dropped the investigation into the Clinton Foundation before the 2016 election. They did that. I got to tell you, uh, maybe it's time for this damned system to collapse. Department of- There we go again. Yeah. We got an issue with the with the computer. And I don't know what the deal is, but anyway, that's what uh, that's what's happening. Apparently, it's um, it's kind of scary. Uh, in case you didn't know, our uh, our Secretary of Defense uh, uh, was sick and decided not to call in sick. Usually, you know, if you're you're working at maybe I don't know Subway and you're an assistant manager and you just don't show up for work, and, and then the the boss calls you and you say, "Oh yeah, I was in the hospital," and you know what's going to happen. You're going to get fired. You're going to get fired. But uh, not the uh, Secretary of Defense. And by the way, his undersecretary didn't even know about it. Uh, and and the President of the United States didn't, didn't, United States didn't know about it. So what the hell's going on? Who's responsible? Who's in charge? Dr. Jonathan Reiner uh, on CNN talked about uh, the, uh, the incident with regard to uh, the Secretary of Defense and the story falling apart. And, and, you
7: know, the story really starts to fall apart when you think about... Uh, the Secretary of Defense in an intensive care unit without notifying the rest of the the chain of command because he would have been uh, Potentially unstable. He would have been potentially on pain medication That would have made it very difficult for him to make complex recommendations in a time of a national crisis So that piece of the story is is very hard to understand
1: yeah, it is hard to understand. Yesterday, Peter Ducey uh, he uh, he got medieval on John Kirby, and John Kirby was left uh, a uh, slobbering pile of goo. Why should we believe
3: anything that this administration tells us about anything ever again?
1: I think we all recognize, and I think the Pentagon has been very, very honest with themselves about uh, with themselves, but not with us. The uh, the challenge to, to to credibility by what by what has transpired. Okay, we've got, some, we've got some computer issues. I'm going to have to restart the program here. But uh, isn't it remarkable that uh, John Kirby... And listen, Peter Doocy, he, he asked the same question that the rest of us are asking, which is, uh, uh, or essentially saying, what, what the hell can we trust at this point? I mean, honestly, what can we trust from this federal government at this point because they've lied to us about everything. They're lying to about us uh, about the, uh, the southern border. Every single day they're lying about the southern border. Every single day they lied about COVID, COVID protocol, lockdowns, every single day. When was the last time that we heard something truthful out of the mouths of a Biden spokesperson? And when they don't, uh, when they're held to account, they disappear. Where is uh, where is the Secretary of Transportation been? Where is has where Pete Budaj Edge been lately? Have you heard from Pete Boot Edge lately? The other night, we had a, a door on a, on an airliner fly off in mid flight. Apparently, the, the airline knew about the plane, and so they're gonna they're gonna uh, they're gonna ground some of these planes until they figure it out. Where's the Secretary of Transportation? Apparently, he's transphobic because he doesn't like to talk about transportation, even though he's the secretary of transportation. Uh, it, is, it is remarkable. And I'm glad that Peter Ducey is there. And i got to tell you, I think more and more people are realizing this, that, uh, you know, if the president of the United States – think about this. The president of the United States versus his cabinet. Yes, of course, the president of the United States is the leader of the country. He is the uh, his executive branch. But he has secretaries beneath him that he appoints. And they are important, obviously. To the branches of our government and the Secretary of Defense, about the most important, and that this Defense Secretary did not even bother to notify anybody when he was in intensive care for four days. Particularly the president, unacceptable, unacceptable. He has shown that he is der- he had a dereliction of duty. I don't care if uh, John Curry He said, "Oh, yo," dude, he he told it, and he already had some things going, and so he, the 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 things that he gave orders to the strikes against the you know whatever whatever were happening. While he was in the hospital, it doesn't matter. Because what if something comes up the first days in the hospital or the second days in the hospital? Unexcusable. Honestly, it's unexcusable, and they need to find a replacement for him. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. By the way... Hunter Biden showed up in Congress today because there is a congressional hearing. Uh, uh, He is... uh he in trouble. He's, he's in a little bit of trouble. Uh, he's being held in contempt of Congress because he refused to show up when they asked him to, uh, a couple weeks ago, and he, he showed up outside and made a little statement, you know, talked about being a victim and then ran off, and then he showed up this morning and Nancy Mace went off, of him. and then they gave the, the uh, microphone to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and he ran out like a little toddler, like a little, no, nah, it's an insult to toddlers. I don't even know what to call him at this point, but here she is after he left.
6: President Joe Biden said in October 2021 that individuals who defy subpoenas from the January 6th House Select Committee should be prosecuted and the Justice Department indicted Steve Bannon for doing so in November 2021. Hunter Biden's father The president of the United States said that he should be prosecuted. Anyone that defies a subpoena should be prosecuted. Hunter Biden didn't show up for his subpoena. Hunter Biden showed up today to make a clown show of himself. And he did. To show that he is nothing but someone that will not obey the law, that wants to show up when he wants to and sits here with a smug look on on his face and runs away when it's my turn to talk. He's
1: a little meow meow. That's what he is. He's (laughs) a little meow meow. (sighs) Uh, Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, did you hear uh, Anthony Fauci uh, faced a congressional uh, 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 grilling behind closed doors? We'll set it up with this, by the way, from Jim Gossett, um, if it'll play. Hold on.
0: It's academic, we need another pandemic, another excuse to break all the rules. hundred questions and he
1: didn't answer one of them.
0: Yeah, it's misdirection to steal an election. That's
1: misinformation.
0: To lock down cities and close all the schools. Disinformation. Shut up. Lying again to, to you here in Vaccinaville. I don't want to go there. I haven't gone yet. I'm not planning on it. Demanding masks and unneeded shots. Do do do. Democrat dream another vote rigging scheme. Even
1: a fool could connect the dots. Dots. <laughs> Yeah, he, uh, he had trouble uh, remembering key details, apparently. Uh, Republican uh, Congressman Brad Onestrip of Ohio, who's heading up the hearing, said Dr. Fauci's testimony uncovered drastic and systematic failures in America's public health care system. Yeah. Uh, oh, and by the way, Fauci uh, oversaw approval of $3 million in NIH grants to the Wuhan Institute. So he helped create the damned uh, virus, and they had infected us, and we haven't held Communist China accountable for it. It is uh, ridiculous. Here is uh, a little montage of the uh, off the record this is real. This is real. A little montage of his answers.
5: I have no recollection. Uh, I'm sorry, would you repeat the question? Is it not, what's understanding. the question again? You know? I'm not sure. I think you know understand. I don't I don't recall whether I don't recall anything from that phone call. You know, I don't recall your, I don't recall. I may have, but I don't recall. I don't specifically remember. Do you recall that?
1: Actually, that's from a hearing in uh, November of uh, 2023, but uh, you get the idea. You get the idea. Oh, oh, and then there's this. Howard Stern, who is the king of porn, uh, always has been, just the king of porn, just a self-congratulatory, self-serving buffoon who uh, has uh, women perform sex acts in front of him for his pleasure. And some people think that's entertaining. I don't. I think he's a complete bleep bleep. He lived in his mansion like Howard Hughes or how yeah like Howard Hughes for 4 years and he ends up getting sick and he wasn't very uh he wasn't very kind to people who uh, who didn't want to take the vaccine. It's time to
6: start shaming them. Because frankly we know that we can't trust the unvaccinated. Them
3: their freedom, I want my freedom to live. No, screw your freedom. Your schmuck. Yeah, Howard but was in there a mess.
1: We have to stop coddling the morons. Who will not get the shot? Shame. It's kind of funny because Howard Stern got all the shots and the boosters and he stayed in his Hamptons mansion for four years and he still got sick and he said he got really, really sick and he thought he was going to die. And then he said, well, yeah, but you got sick. And he said, yeah, but it would have been a lot worse if I hadn't got the vaccine. What a maroon. A little bit more on this on the other side of the break. This, my friends, is The Rob Carson Show.
3: their freedom i want my freedom to live no screw
0: your freedom you're a schmuck for not wearing a mask
1: we have to stop coddling the morons who will not get the shot shame on you no mask get out! yeah howard stern uh he ended up getting covid maybe he thought it was sexually transmitted i mean that's kind of the that's kind of his show in a nutshell isn't it <laughs> Oh, I, I hear that uh, Jerry Seinfeld has him on his uh, on his new show, and we've got a promo for it. Let's go ahead and run it. Can we run it? Let's run it.
0: I'm Jerry Seinfeld, and this is Hypochondriacs and Cars Getting Coffee. My special guest hypochondriac today is none other than Howard Stern. Hop in, Howard. Jerry, this is a real honor for me, but I can't possibly get in your car. (laughs) Why not, Howard? Because you're not wearing a mask. A lot of good it did you. I know. I've got like 17 vaccine shots, right? I wash my hands 112 times a day. I haven't left my house in over three years, Jerry. And so, how could I, Howard Stern, king of all media, possibly get COVID? Well, what you should have done is call Kyle Rittenhouse. Kyle Rittenhouse? Why? Well, at least Kyle's shots were effective. Jerry, which (laughs) were the jokes? I thought we were friends. Well, we weren't until you said that unvaccinated people shouldn't be allowed in a hospital even if they're dying. You're right. I should have never said that. I'm sorry. You certainly are, Howard. Right. That's Howard Stern
1: on the next Hypochondriacs and Cars Getting Coffee. That could be uh, Jim Gossett. I'm I'm really not sure, but uh, that is... (laughs) uh i didn't get the vaccine uh the reason why i didn't get the vaccine is because i did a little research and i heard even before everybody knew i heard uh, mitocarditis and i had a heart attack when i was 31 years old i know it's a big surprise to some people but but it did it happened i got uh, strep throat and a 104 degree temperature and they iced me down at the hospital the night before and i woke up the next morning i had pain in my arm and my chest and i was like what the hell i called the hospital i, I went in i took four aspirin because i thought i slept uh, crooked on my arm which was the best thing i could have done called the hospital where i was the day before and they said well hang up and call 911. so i did I had, a, I had a heart attack man it was weird i went from bench pressing 350 pounds to being told not to push too hard in the bathroom that's uh, that's quite a uh, a shock you probably are like, what the hell kind of life have you had, Carson? Well, let me tell you something. I, I've had some bumps. <laughs> Someday I'll write a book. And I think it'll, I think it'll be quite interesting. I've had a, you know, a pretty crazy life. And, uh, and I really love it. I love what I'm doing and I'm blessed. Uh, if you want to uh, make sure your family is prepared in case there is an emergency and, and you know how bizarre things got in 2020 and you know how bizarre they're going to get in 2024... And there are pharmacies closing all over the country. And a lot of our meds come from places that could easily be disrupted. And I'm going to tell you, if you don't have a wellness company, emergency medical kit, I I really, really, you got to do this today. The CDC and the HHS prevented you from getting things like hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, which are prophylaxis for COVID, which, you know, uh, really did work. It worked in uh, the province, the largest province in India, Uttar Pradesh. It wiped out covid But for some reason, our federal government said, nope, you got to get that vaccine. I had to go to Florida to get mine. And I got COVID. I got it in New York, the most vaccinated place in the world. I sold cars. Meeting people, shaking hands, no mask for a year. Didn't get sick. Got it in New York. But you can get these, uh, this medical kit, and it not only contains those two meds, but also amoxicillin, z pack for upper respiratory illnesses and whatnot, all sorts of meds here that are hard to, to get when there are times of crisis. And it, wouldn't it be nice just to get it and have it? And you can save 10% right now if you go to twc.health slash Carson. That's the key, Carson. I'm actually worth something for a change. It is TWC.health Carson. Get this emergency medical kit. If you have jumper pay- cables in the car, you need an emergency medical kit. Dear God, is there anything more important in your health or your kid's health? TWC.health Carson. Make this investment today. All right. Let's go to Neil in Baltimore. Hello there, Neil. What's on your mind today, bro?
8: Hey, Rob. Well, uh, you were talking about Secretary Austin. I just can't believe that all these people work to provide him a daily briefing and yet it took over 4 days to say hey where's he at by the way you know, here's the report here's yep. what's going on in the world and he's nowhere to be found
1: you know i i don't have an answer the government has an answer but all i can uh, all i care about is this is not how people in charge of the most powerful economy in the world behave it is it is a dereliction of duty. I don't care what the hell it is, and that no one contacted his undersecretary while she was on vacation, and nobody con- did, con- uh you know talked to Joe Biden while he was on vacation, uh, says a lot about um, I think uh, uh, certainly the uh, you know the uh, not the intelligence but the capability and and, and uh, you know the, the no, well, you, you can't what I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, I, you get, you get. It, it is it is it's unacceptable honestly and and aren't you just kind of tired of this Neil I mean every day you scratch your head you wonder who's in charge you you look at the southern border uh, you know uh, you got the, the DHS secretary allowing this to happen and now the the Secretary of Defense in a time that we are at an escalated military uh, stance around the world particularly in the Middle East uh, in, in Ukraine possibly and other places China and Taiwan and our our Secretary of Defense, goes to the hospital and spends four days in ICU and doesn't tell anybody that's it is unexcusable Neil it's unexcusable. Absolutely. it's it's Unreal. absolutely unexcusable it, it's time for adults to take our remember when remember when they were so arrogant they're like we're gonna be the adults in charge and all they do is they act like stupid children it's uh, ridiculous Neil I appreciate the call hey how you feeling about them ravens he's gone all right of course I don't know why that started but here it did maybe I'm uh, haunted okay this is interesting I'm in TV now, and uh, you, you want to concern yourself with how well you look, and I, I think I look pretty good. Losing weight, you know, uh, kind of I, on my TV show, Rob Carson's What in the World, my, my producer, Ken, also known as Redneck MacGyver, he said, hey, man, Robbie, and I know you've been doing this show for three years, but you finally look like the guy that you are on television because before you kind of a fat dope, you know, whatever. <laughs> and now I'm, I'm, I'm proud of my appearance. You know, I'm starting to feel good about it. And so I'm kind of thinking, I'm not going to do a nip or tuck or anything. I'm going to lose some weight. You know, I'm not going to do Botox because I don't have wrinkles in the forehead. Naturally, I just don't. And also, I lost about 50 pounds and have no stretch marks. Ladies, email me and I'll send you some photos. I'm just kidding. I won't do that. But there's a new thing you could do. Would you inject your face with salmon sperm? My wife and I had salmon the other night. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Had a nice uh, uh, teriyaki glaze on it. Yeah pretty good anyway so uh, uh would you inject your your face with salmon sperm a new trend claims it banishing wrinkles while avoiding the puffy pillow face look that you get in the mor- morning it's injections from a salmon sperm derivative i mean how do they collect this they go on the river you know so anyway they take the salmon sperm derivative it's like botox It's a procedure that you will need to repeat about three times a year <laughs> Which, you know, other things happen for me about three times a year. So we have uh, purified salmon DNA. So it's sectioned on the salmon sperm that has been purified, and we inject it into the skin around the eyes to stimulate collagen. Well, I guess it would in the area and get new blood flow and nutrients to the area. Also to neutralize the free radicals, because, you know, that's something you don't want, the free radicals. Anyway, so uh, uh, it's a really, really beautiful treatment. It's a, a, a very hot one at the moment, apparently. So you can get uh, salmon semen. <laughs> <laughs> salmon <and> semen. <laughs> oh, it costs about five hundred dollars every time you do it there. So, did you hear what happened in New York? I'm sure you probably heard about this story. Uh, thousands of James Madison High School students kicked out of their New York City uh, building to make room for two thousand migrant students. Uh, it- it's unbelievable. So, you know, that uh, Floyd Bennett Field, that's where they, the, one of these NGOs, these uh, Biden-paid NGOs, non-governmental agencies, put up these tent cities and everything. And they're paying $20,000 a month per migrant to stay in there. And apparently all the wind and all of that stuff on the East Coast in New York and, and uh, you know, there's a lot of rain and wind and 60-mile-an-hour winds, particularly on the coast. But, uh, but apparently uh, tents don't, uh, don't do very well. And so not only did the federal government shut down your kids' schools when they didn't need to because of uh, COVID and keep them shut for the teachers' unions, uh, they did this to these kids. So the kids had to be moved out for illegals in our country. Here is the uh, story from uh, news in, uh, in uh, New York. And that's not it. Here is the story from, uh, from New York City about, uh, about the uh, migrants.
2: Good evening, Natasha and Steve. Yes, I have. I spoke to a few migrants that have arrived here. Now, we arrived just before. 4 p.m. And we saw some families standing outside the high school. Of course, it was already raining at the time. Then they were allowed inside. And they tell us that they came on their own. Uh, They were notified that they had to leave uh, Floyd Bennett Field just a few hours ago. Now, take a look at this video. This is from over there from the fields. This is when we saw the migrants leaving uh, Floyd Bennett Field. The reason they have to evacuate is because of the storm. A spokesperson for City Hall telling Fox 5 that due to an updated
1: Including the high winds. What a Charlie Foxtrot, honestly. What a what a dang fla- uh, fo- Charlie Foxtrot. I gotta be careful there. I almost slipped. What a joke. So, uh, New York City kicked students out of their high school. They had to relocate 2,000 migrants in the school uh, ahead of a potentially uh, uh, damaging storm. Uh, City Hall refers to the migrants as guests. As guests. As guests. No, they're not. They're, they're illegals. They're not here legally. And, and hopefully when Donald Trump is the president, they will all be told to go home. And I mean it. I'm sorry. I have no pity. You, this, this president, this administration, lured them here with policy. And a lot of these people are, as Donald Trump said, rapists and murderers. Yeah, and it's true, by the way. I'm not saying all of them, but some of them are, because places like Venezuela are emptying their prisons and asylums. And if you don't believe me, look at the crime rate. Uh, unbelievable. And uh, so the, the kids had to go home. And you know, it's really funny where I live right now. Remember all the COVID protocols and all the kids had to go home and they had to learn from home and all that. My daughter went, went her, her second semester in high school gone. Nothing. No learning at all because they canceled everything goes back to school, it is uh, it is all online and only every other day. Then it became all online. Then it became a hybrid go to school a couple of days and then come home. Again, so stupid, stupid, stupid. And then they had to wear masks for a year. And then all of the kids in about two classes missed everything. All of their plays, all of their performance, all of the things that could have gotten scholarships, all the athletic events, all of the championships, all of the plays, everything. And then to add insult to injury, they're kicking them out of school for illegals. Ridiculous. This is, uh, let's see what her name is, Republican Councilwoman Ina Vernikoff on video talking about the latest affront to our kids.
6: This morning, we found out from none other than the New York Post that 1,900 migrants from Floyd-Benefield are being transferred to James Madison High School tonight at 5 p.m. for an overnight stay due to inclement weather conditions.
1: Yeah. Is that the place where uh, migrants should be taken to our kids' schools? Are you kidding me? I got to tell you, there is a reckoning coming, guys. I'm going to tell you, there is a uh, reckoning coming. To those in power, and and it's going to be peaceful, but it's going to be overwhelming, and it's going to involve, hopefully, holding people accountable, and uh, and literally uh, uh, indicting, charging, arresting, uh, trials in jail for so many of them of these people. More Americans agree than disagree with Trump saying that the nation's blood is being poisoned by immigration. Donald Trump said, of course, they're poisoning the blood of our country. The media said, oh, that's what Hitler said. That's what Hitler said. And nobody believed it. Nobody believed that nonsense. Trump said, all over the world, they're pouring into our country. He promised to crack down on legal immigration, restrict legal people flows if elected. And, uh, and uh, apparently more people did not agree that uh, 30% of Americans agree strongly uh, with that statement, among others. And uh, more uh, men and people aged over 25 were uh, in agreement with that. And everybody knows it wasn't, it wasn't Hitlerian. The Hitlerian people are in power right now. <clears throat> if you don't believe me, listen to a podcast of my show. I talk about it all the time. But, uh, but people are done with it. People are tired of it. 93% of Americans now call chaos at the U.S. southern border a crisis or a serious problem. And it's getting to a breaking point. It's getting to a breaking point. If the, if the federal government does some, do something about it, uh, the states are going to have to do something about it. The people are going to have to do something about it. All right, let's take a break and come back. we got uh, one more break on the show. I promise I'll make it worth your time, and it's coming up in a minute. You're listening to The Rob Carson Show. So, Tim Burkett, congressman, came out of a, a budget meeting. Uh, on, I shared it on Twitter. Here he is uh, talking about uh, the progress of a budget. He says, uh, no border, no budget.
4: Basically, the overall uh, thought of this is no border, no budget. We've got to figure something out. 100,000 children have disappeared. We don't know where they are. Um, Eight million people is what they've admitted are in this country. They've admitted in the last three years. Um, they claim they kicked a bunch out 90 over a 98% are they've allowed to stay illegally of that number. So, you know, it's a lot higher. Um, the overall cost. It's in excess of $150 million a year to house Medicaid, do whatever.
1: Educate. People are tired of it. People are fighting mad over this. And, and you should be, you should really be angry about all this nonsense. You know, it is a damn shame because we, we live in, uh, honestly, the greatest country in the, uh, in the history of the world. It's very clear. Uh, you know, you've told, heard me talk about it. I mean, we did it. We did it all. Look what we did. Look what we did. You know, when you when you look at international Olympic teams, you look at the Chinese team, it's all Chinese people. You look at a Russian team, it's all it's all Russians. It's all white Russians, right? Russian. (laughs) I prefer a uh, black Russian, actually. I like Kahlua, although I don't drink anymore. But uh, but look at that. And then look at this great American melting pot, which we always have been. We always have been. And the left tried to convince us to hate the dang country. And I don't hate the country. My father fought for the country. My father guarded the Panama Canal in World War II. He died 30 years ago when I was in my 20s. My Uncle Lloyd helped liberate Berlin. My Uncle Gail was on a battleship in the South Pacific. My brother Richard, who died an untimely death at 38 years old, he was, uh, he was in, the, uh, in the Navy. My brother David was in the Air Force. A lot of people, a lot of men and women in, in uh, the greatest generation and, and you boomers in, uh, in Vietnam and, and you millennials and you, uh, and you uh, uh, Gen Xers, you guys were in Desert Storm and then you were in Iraq in Afghanistan, and Afghanistan you, and you fought for the principle of America. And many of you came home with profound injuries and, and many of you uh, lost friends and, and like my nephew, saw his best friend vaporized. And honestly, it's just time to reject this leftist nonsense, this leftist dogma about the United States of America, because it is always and will be the greatest country in the history of the world. Don't believe me? If it weren't for America, you'd still be listening to harpsichord music, for God's sake, and you'd probably be riding in a buggy. America created rock and roll and blues and jazz and, and took cricket and made it to a game you could watch. And, and took rub, rugby and made it really cool. We, we combined rugby and professional wrestling and made pro football the greatest spectacle in sports, ladies and gentlemen. And we, and we created the greatest names in science and industry, inventors and, and, and jurists in the history of the world. And a bunch of spoiled, snot-nosed radicals, the, the progeny of the class of 1968, have done the very level best the last 50 years, to make you feel crappy about living in America. And guess what? It ain't working. It worked for a little while, and it works on America's left-leaning campuses. But this is going to be, this is going to be an earthquake. This year is going to be an earthquake. And a positive one for freedom and patriotism. Because we live in a really cruel world. And most of the world wants to kill you and your family and take your property. And I don't know about you, but I'm not going to let that happen on my watch. How's that sound? All right, I'm going to kick the soapbox out from under me and come back and wrap this thing up. This is the Rob Carson Show. That's going to do it for the show today, guys. I think this was an epic one. If you want to hear it again or share it with others, or if you didn't hear it all, just go to Newsmax.com slash listen for the podcast. God bless America, Israel, and you guys. Oh, it's getting spicy. And I'll see you tomorrow. In the meantime, don't catch a stupid.